Welcome to the Home Ownership and Marriage Podcast with the Low Property Team, where it is all about running a successful business together and balancing a healthy marriage. Host Jarrell and Brittany Lowe. Purpose and passion is to help you create the life you want by turning your combined passions into generational wealth while sharing what they've learned on their journey with you. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's Jarrell Lowe, and we're excited as we are back with another episode on homeownership and marriage. Unfortunately, your boy is solo today. Brittany's taking care of some business, working with clients, and really honing in on Mara's schedule. Quick update. Quick update. Our baby girl's eight months. She's eight months. Jesus, where is time going? It is flying too fast. We need it to slow down. But what is she doing? My, we haven't quite crossed that threshold where she's sleeping fully through the night. But I would say she's getting a solid three and a half, four before she wakes up and then, you know, kind of rocking her, bouncing her on the ball and getting her back to sleep. And she'll make it to about seven o'clock, maybe six o'clock, you know, depending on how good the meal was the night before. But right now, crawling. Oh, my goodness. I think she's crawling and she doesn't understand what she's doing. Like she's taking, you know, when you're on all fours and she's taking that 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 shift forward and she kind of, I think she almost scares herself or she just hasn't trust her. She doesn't have that moment to trust her body yet because there's a lot of hesitancy. You know, this last week, it was um, from sit to stand. She's just crushing that. Now this week, we've seen that she's going from that sit position to loading up to crawl. And the crazy part is there's that there's that small hiccup that's in the way. Her inside foot, it just keeps getting stuck on her thigh. And we have taken this route where we're not going to help her. She's going to figure it out. And you can see she's getting frustrated. But what we do is we're setting up checks or milestones where it, she can understand how to get that inner thigh out the way so her heel can move uh, all the way through and get through um, where she's in that full full crawl mode, like ready to take off. But you see it. She's right there. And we're just so excited um, to see her development and what's happening. But I don't want to drown you out with all that. I know you're not here to hear about Mara and our sleepless nights and how the midnight terror is just going bananas. But She's eating Whole Foods, and we're excited because here we are, month eight, enjoying the ride. But speaking of month eight, I want to talk a little bit about market resuscitation. (laughs) Market resuscitation. Well, Drell, what are you talking about? I had a fire conversation with a client, potential client. We're nowhere near, you know, um, smitten offers right now. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, and he's uh, he's motivated, but um, there's a lot of fear on his behalf. And the way I've embraced these conversations now is talk less, let the clients share, you know, let them talk about, you know, the fears. You know, there's a lot of what the news has given us. And I promise you, uh, before I even go any further in this, I promise you, in regards to market updates, I will not give any projections. I will not give my predictions. I am just going to share what the data is showing us. And for the rest of this year, I am not, I don't want to continue to do market updates because I know people are tired of hearing the same thing, right? It makes sense. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of saying it. Um, But part of our job is to continue to educate. And we're firm believers in educate, empower, and implore. We want clients to be able to take this information and put action to it. So market resuscitation. Well, what are we talking about today? Has the real estate market flattened? When is the housing market going to crash? I'll just wait to get it when the home forecloses. 
You know, I do want to share foreclosure numbers are minimal right now. And why are they minimal? And I think we should, we should stay away from waiting for the market to crash is because there are a ton of homeowners that are sitting on a lot of equity. Well, what am I saying? Let's put this into to real information. You know, our house that we have, our first property that we purchased, Brittany and myself, um, we were able to get that at 270, 270,000. And that was back in 2018, I believe, right? When we got that at 270, you know, we thought it was, my goodness, this was a lot of money we're spending. It's too big of a risk. Things are going to happen, you know, trying to prepare. But we realized, you know what? You just got to put your feet in the pool. You can, I mean, you can either kind of tip your toes into the pool to check the temperature or you can be the one that says, I'm jumping in this thing and I'll deal. Your body will adjust to the cold as you're in there for 15, 20, 30 seconds. We bought in 2018. Now the value of this property, um, currently it has tenants in it, right? But the value of this property has now crossed 450. And I was telling Brittany the other day, if, if we somehow hit a crisis or something goes belly up or something happens, right? And if we do need to sell the house, because the tenants are amazing, they're freaking phenomenal, right? Every month consistently just taking care of the home, texting us, letting us know if something goes out, not waiting two and three weeks to let us know a window's broken or something, a spigot in the front yard is, you know, went crazy. They give us information in real time so we can get the people out there to take care of it. But that's not the point. The point is we're sitting at about 450 with this home. And I just want you to know, you tell me an industry, right? Yeah, stocks, you might be able to ride a run. Um, but you tell me an industry where you can make a $15,000 investment and where we're now sitting on almost, almost, right? $200,000 worth of equity. So when people are out there saying, oh, I'll just wait for the market to crash. Do you know 41%, 40, about 40 something percent of homeowners now um, are free and clear, there's no mortgage. So there is no need to hurry up and sell the house. There's no need that, you know, I'm upside down on my mortgage or, you know, my reverse mortgage is going chaotic. No, there's no, we're not experiencing that right now. So when you're waiting, when you're saying you're waiting for a housing market to crash, I can hear that. But if you're telling me you're waiting for foreclosures, I would tell you probably don't wait for that ship to sail, right? Like you should probably look for a different avenue. And don't get me wrong. I'm not speculating. I'm not, you know, pointing the finger at buyers. I really want you to know that we were in that same space of nervous energy, right? How do I make this move when this is the biggest purchase of my life? But when we're talking about market resuscitation, I, wanted, I want to point something clear. I want to point this out to you that the market is doing exactly what it needs to do, right? The market is exploding right now. Houses are selling right now and people are not waiting, right? When we're talking about, I think it was about a month ago, there were only 12, oh no, it was a little month, more than a month ago. Excuse me, I don't have Brittany here to fact check me, but uh, it was a little more than a month ago, there was only 12 houses on the market, 12 houses on the market in our area. Now, right now, going into this uh, this week coming up, we have 36 open houses this weekend with almost 100 homes on the market. What is that telling me? That is telling me that sellers are now not paying attention to the interest rates. Well, it, it, it could be telling of a few things. Uh, the first indicator, right, the reason why people are sell is death, divorces, and taxes. These are the three main reasons that people have historically have sold in, you know, in the past 30 years in the time when the market was just 
disgusting like it is right now. Well, that's other people's words that it's disgusting. I think we're in a healthy market right now. I think it's, you know, I think it's a balance. It's just a little bit of nervous energy that has the buyer's demand pent up. And I think the reason why we have this experience or we come up with these these terms is because we were used to seeing, we became accustomed to what the pandemic was happening and thought that was going to be the norm when that wasn't the case, right? That, that, that went and came, that came and went as quick as it did. And here we are at this place where we've jumped from 2% to almost 7.5% in a matter of three to four months. Yes, things happen. But when we're talking about market resuscitation, I do want to be that first to tell you that the market is in a healthy place right now. It's sad because people are being priced out, but this is what the market is doing, right? You have to, you, when you see opportunity, you have to jump. When you see, when you have that opportunity, you got to go and you have to ride the wave. And that's part of getting out of that emotional phase of it and getting into that investor phase of it. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be a house flipper. I'm not saying you're going to be someone that's going to get in and out of houses. But when you're thinking about you and your family, right, we say this all the time and you're probably sick of me saying it. Your first home is not going to be your forever home. It's going to be the stepping stone that gets you to the next home and to the final home. Well, how does that make sense? Well, if we were where to sell that house, we can take that 200000 tax-free and apply it to the next house in the area that we desire. But we don't need to sell it, right? We just need to get that, keep the tenants happy, keep the mortgage paid, and let the equity and the market do what it needs to do. Right. So my best advice. Right. And I, I kind of think of this in the lens of when you're talking to a financial advisor. Well, when we talk to our financial advisors. Right. I absolutely we just sat down with them and I absolutely trust their guidance because I don't know everything, especially in that world. Right. I, I don't know everything. But I know that where our tolerance is, where our risk level is, and when we share some of the things that we desire, right, like our retirement goals and what we want for set up for our kids, they're able to help us set up a plan that works for us. And I think that's what we've, I, I don't know why so many people question good realtors or take it upon themselves to do the deal themselves, right? I will tell you this, even if you're going after a new build, new build agents have told us they want buyers to have a realtor because it helps navigate that transaction as smooth as possible. You know, sometimes when you're trying to do it yourself, you get in your own way. And that's something that we advise you to say, look, go get the expert, find out what's happening and admit what you don't know. But in the process of getting the help, pay attention. Don't just entrust them to say, go do it. I don't care. No, that's not the route we want to take. The route we want to take is we want to know so we don't get into this place where we knew we, we, we flatlined, you know, our finances or we're in a, 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 a crisis and we can't figure out how to get out of it. Right. And we don't know how to access any of these things. As I'm talking with our guy over at Charles Schwab, I've, let me just give you a little information because Brittany's not here. I can elaborate a little more. I've learned so much in the matter of these three meetings that we just had with him and the fact that I did not know you can have an estate account and your estate account, you can house those. um, You have to go through some things that, you know, having your trust and everything set up, but your estate account, you can have 
everything that you want, your stocks in that state account that's aligned with your trust. Um, and for me, that was just one of the things I was just like, dude, I thought we had, you know, I knew a little bit about the joint brokerage that we hold. I know a little bit about the Roth IRA that we have set up for Brittany and myself. And we recently just set up the custodial Roth IRA for um, uh, little girl, uh, Mara um, because we wanted to give her an opportunity, right? So I'm learning these things and I'm telling you, it's always going to be a place where you can learn something versus listening to what the mainstream media is telling you, right? Oh, interest rates are rising. And you know what? This I think every quarter this year, interest rates have rose. But what we've also know, noticed that houses are still selling, right? Inventory is starting to increase. For us, the average days on market is 41 days, which is pretty normal, right? If you go back to 2017, 2018, 35 to 40 days is when a house sold. And when you're talking about the pandemic and you're looking at seven to 15 days, yes, that's not normal. But we have to recondition ourselves to see the new normal and compare it to pre-pandemic levels. I don't want to get lost in the weeds on this one. You know, I really want to answer the question about market resuscitation and has real estate flatlined. What's on the horizon? Interest rates paused momentarily, right? There was a quick pause. And I think what we need to understand was the, the, the crazy part is they've increased every quarter. And it's just like, when is when, right? When are we going to settle down? But what we have to understand is what's driving those interest rates. And a couple things we need to address is that we have two wars that are taking place globally right now. We have, we're issuing money at unrealistic amounts across the world. Like we're giving out money. Uh, we've done it domestically and we're doing it internationally. And we have to account for where that stuff is coming from, right? And now you start to talk about the robust job market. Um, and, you know, the, I think it was, good God, was that last week? The uh, job market just came out and they had, uh, the job market report just came out and they had to make a quick revision to it because the numbers were a little inaccurate. But you're talking about the job market report. You're talking about the unemployment report. You're talking about the commodities report. You're talking about GDP, right? ABC, BBC, all these things that are out there that uh, the acronyms can go on and on, but all these things that are combining to where are we getting these numbers that the rates continue to go up? The bonds and treasuries, right? And that, that's what you have to look at. If you don't want to get lost in the sauce, just know there's a lot of things globally and, and domestically that are impacting rates. And if I can be of any support to you right now, I think the, the, the car, the, um, gosh, I just read a report that the average car loan right now is 740 bucks a month. The average car loan is 740 bucks a month. Brittany and myself, I think it was December, we were thinking about, because my older brother has a Denali, and we were like, you know what, Mars here, we need a bigger car, you know, let's go take a look at trying to get something bigger. We went to go look at a Denali, and if we put about nineteen, twenty thousand down on it, it was a twenty twenty, right? And you're talking about fifteen hundred. They told us, like, I was like, dude, Brittany, let's get up and go. This, they're tripping. I'm not paying fifteen hundred for a new car. That's just fifteen hundred, right? That's 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 your monthly payment on it. Now we're not talking about insurance because your insurance is going to be about seven eight hundred. We're not talking about the care or, or registration of that car yearly or the gas that's going to go in that car. So when I'm talking about these things, right, you really have to assess what is 
important for you in your life. When you're talking about the real estate market is in shambles, but you're out here making $2,000 car payments, that's not necessarily what's in shambles. It's our our individual decision-making is the problem right now. But we have to know that the interest rates are being driven by several different things, and it's the bonds and treasuries that we look at, but it's also these other factors that are coming into play. As I told you, the inventory, it's there. We've seen the increase. This weekend, we just seen that there was 12 open houses in a two-mile radius. 12 open houses. We were able to stop into two of them. Um, we don't have a client that was looking in that area, but we wanted to see, you know, what are clients doing? What are sellers doing to prepare this home? How are they ensuring that they're helping this home to not sit past that 45-day mark? And I think we're still in that place where buyers and sellers are a little apprehensive because sellers, some upgrades should be made at this time, right? Like you should do one or two things just to bring the attention to the home. And if you're not going to do the one or two things, then you really need to revisit talking that as a realtor, I would revisit the conversation about the 2-1 buy-down because this is the greatest time to share that information with your sellers and how you can leverage that to attract your new buyer to come take a look at your home, right? These are the conversations we should be having. It's worth the effort and it's worth the investment if you guys are going to do some upkeep to it because some of the houses, we're talking about Brady, Bunch, and it's hard for a young family, a new family, or a young couple to envision themselves moving into something without putting that much work into it. Now, there's going to be one out of every so many people that can see past the wallpaper, you know, the the carpet in the bathrooms and all that. It's going to take, you know, a, a really keen, handy person that can see past that. But what you have to do is make this house accessible for them. And when you're talking about the market flatlining, it's not, it's not. Let me repeat breaking news. It's not flatlining. You guys, I don't think it's going to slow down. I don't. You know, interest rates might continue to increase, but people are seeing the investment jump exponentially faster than the interest rates. And that's what you have to keep your eyes on, right? How do you set yourself up for that success where you can say, you know what, we can handle the interest rates. You know what, maybe me and my brothers will go in and we'll buy something together. Or you know what, let's put a multiple family in this home and then we'll help each other get out of this. You know, each person, you know, venture out to get their own home. I think we're looking at a market and we're creating excuses because Starbucks prices have gone up, gas prices have gone up, grocery prices have gone up, livestock has jumped 120%. Like there's a whole lot of things that have gone bananas, but we're only complaining about the real estate market because we don't put that as a priority for ourselves, our family. We put other priorities first, right? I know a few friends that continue to invest in PlayStation 5s, and I'm like, dude, I haven't played video games since I was in college. I know friends and and associates that, dude, are you getting the new Jordans that are coming out? I'm not spending $200 on a pair of Jordans when I can get a pair of Vans for $45 and be just fine. We put our investment and our money where we believe it matters, and that just goes to show that, you know what? It's okay if you you don't want to buy real estate. It's okay if this is not a venture you want to make, but what I think is not okay is that you continue to make an excuse when you can jump in and there's way too many programs out there available for you to jump in. It just takes a little sacrifice. Maybe you got to bring your debt to income ratio down. Maybe you need to spend some time cleaning up your credit. Maybe you need to increase your reserves. Or how about this one? I'm going to say this and we don't talk about it enough. 
maybe you need to work a little bit harder and level up at your job. Why? Because there's no reason. There's three things that we all need to have in this world. We need to have a high paying job. We need to have a side hustle and you need to own a business. Those three things are going to help you to transition what your family's going to do or trying to do. How so? Let's start here. Your side hustle. We are living in a time where a one income home is not enough to thrive. They said for a family in the 80s making 40 or 45,000 equates to a family in 2023 making 160,000. Now, if you cross that 160,000 threshold, absolutely continue to work hard, do what you do. If you're making less than 100,000, we need to talk about we need to talk about increasing your earnings, how we can increase your skills, how we can transition you from that $50,000 job to getting a $100,000 job. Now we can start talking about savings and creating a game plan because I think that's where we get lost at is not the, the inability to create a plan and prepare for home ownership. This is not a one-day process, right? This is not a go on StockX.com and I'm going to order my shoes or I'm going to bid on these shoes and then I'll, you know, when it comes, I'll get it. No, this is a this is a freaking a one year, a two year plan, and you need to start now. What do I do? Go to myfreecreditreport.com and take a look at where your credit, where you're struggling, where your history is, how much utilization you have. Get everything down below thirty three percent. Get it down. No more late payments. Improve where you can and seek out the guidance and knowledge. I don't have it all, but I know when we were preparing for the homeownership, our lender told us this is what you need to focus on for the next three months. This is what you need to focus on for the next six months. When we experienced that with the first home, we knew coming into this property that we have now, the adjustments that needed to be made. And I think it's okay if we know we're not buying right now. Maybe it's because inflation or interest rates. But let's be let's let's be very clear that this is the time you should be shoring up your package. And there's multiple ways you can do it by sitting down and having a free conversation with a lender, a realtor, and finding a team. You know what, Drell and Brittany? I'm not buying this year. I might not buy next year, but can you help me put a plan together for 2025? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because I want you to be ready to strike iron when it's hot, not when it's hot and you can't make any moves because everything's tied up. Well, I just got a new Dodge Ring or I got a new uh, brand new car. I got this and all right, we got to make some adjustments. We got to figure out how to increase our income because if this is what's really important, we have to be able to move without hesitation. Quick reminder that everybody is on the sidelines waiting for the drop to happen. Everyone's sitting around saying, you know what, I'll just wait for interest rates to drop. And what they're really saying is, I'll wait for the interest rates to drop, and then I will start to have the conversation about credit, debt-to-income ratio, and reserves that I have. That's the problem. When you're an early adopter, you're able to get on some of these waves extremely fast. How? Well, when the pandemic happened, those that were prepared, mortgage-ready, they were able to jump in at interest rates that were 2%. Then you get the laggers that are coming in at the 4 or 5% mark, and then interest rates jump up, what, two, almost 2% in that two-month span, and by the time they close, they're closing at a six and a half, seven, right? As an early adopter, you have a chance to get on this early by taking care of your game plan, getting your package tightened up, and understanding, right, understanding what the market looked like 
pre-COVID because that's what the that's what the focus should be. If you're waiting right now, they're saying the sweet number where sellers are looking at is about the six mark. Six percent. I think you're going to see the increase in the market because now people are being conditioned. Okay, seven, man, eight. We're looking. Was it going to hit nine? But the time it hits back to six, it's going to trigger an influx in the market. A lot more homes are going to be there, which is going to bring the buyers back, right? Everyone's going to come off the sidelines. Now you're looking at 12 to 18 offers on some homes. Get yourself ready with your game plan instead of sitting on the sideline and waiting. Reset your priorities. Have a real conversation with your wife and buckle down, right? This is where you have to buckle down because it is a roller coaster, right? You know that roller coaster that just continues to climb, 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 and all of a sudden, once you're to the top, it's a steep dive and you're trying to hold on and not throw up your hamburger that you had before you got on the roller coaster. I'm going to repeat this, right? My advice, our advice, as always, your first home will not be your forever home. Stop chasing perfection. What I need you to chase is opportunity. I need you to chase those stepping stones that's going to get you to the home or the neighborhood that you want to be in. And part of this process is understanding mark, the market resuscitation is not real. The housing is the real estate market flatline. Absolutely not. Transactions are happening. Homes are being sold. 11,000 homes in America sell every day. When is it going to be your turn to jump in? And as sellers, have a plan, next steps. What are you transitioning to that helps facilitate this process? As always, we're going to continue to get this information. And matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this. We're going to start at something in, uh, before the year is out because Brittany and myself are working on a big project. And I think we're going to increase our savings plan. And we're not going to give out too much information right now because I'm still working on the nuts and bolts of it. But I do want you to know this. I want you to join in on this challenge. If you are considering buying a home, if you're considering looking at your second home, or you're really wanting to make a big investment for you and your family, jump in on this challenge because I'm putting a plan together for us and I'm giving myself about a year and a half to reach this goal. And it means all at all costs, at all costs. There is no plan B. We're going to reach it. And sometimes you just need an accountability partners. You need to understand, maybe turn off the TV and stop listening to the news and dive deep into your resources. What's happening locally? What is available for me? Maybe I need to pick up a side hustle. Maybe we need to talk about maybe uh, certificates, leveling up my career, making a change. With that being said, I can go on all night, but the market resuscitation, well, you can resuscitate what you need. I think right now there's no flat line. We got a consistent heartbeat. And you know what? It's a pretty healthy heartbeat in this market. I think you need to prepare accordingly. As always, if you have questions, if you want to chat with us, if you want to talk with us, if you want to go grab a coffee with us at Low Property Team all across all social media platforms, and if anything, reach out to us. We want you to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Help us grow this community. Help us reach more people. And you know what? Share it with a friend or family. Send us a comment. What do you think? Is there a market resuscitation needed or is there not? Have we flatlined? I don't know. You let me know your thoughts. As always, we appreciate what you do. Stay tuned, listen in, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Homeownership and Marriage with the Low Property Team. If you would like more information, 
helpful resources or would like to book a personal consultation with the Lowe's, head over to lowpropertyteam.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, Jarrell and Brittany would be so grateful if you shared their podcast with a friend and leave them a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening. The Low Property Team would like to say thank you for supporting their show and being a listener. See you next time on another episode of Homeownership and Marriage.